How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Locked on Bucks presented by Brewup.com. Frank Madden and Eric Name joining you. We're, we're kind of in mourning uh, because we, uh, we are both big. U.S. men's national soccer team fans, and uh, it's a uh, it's a bad time for the for the U.S. men's national team. They got crushed in Costa Rica tonight, which always happened. Well, they always lose in Costa Rica, but they got crushed tonight. Yeah, they were. Uh, I think they were what o eight and one in their last yeah. nine in Costa Rica going into this one. Right. Uh, so it it was somewhat to be expected, but still, just super depressing to see them get just ran off the ran off the pitch do you see that do you see what i did there frank that was yeah that was good si- that yeah it's good um they but, lost yeah but that was they brutal. lost like four nothing which i think they it's like the worst loss in qualifying in like 50 years or something like that but i feel like this i feel like this week this week we've been bringing up uh all these other teams other than the bucks that have been <laughs> losing we brought up the uh the packers on our monday pod we brought up the U.S. national soccer team on our Wednesday pod. We need to stop talking about those teams and talk about the Bucs while they still have a winning record. I feel like uh, we just like are naturally like need something to bring us down. Yeah. Like we can't be yeah. like, oh, the Bucks are they have a they're over five hundred. Like there there are a lot of things we have, but we need something to bring us down. Uh, yeah. I didn't have B in sports, so I didn't watch the. Or I shouldn't say I didn't watch it. I had it on a crummy stream. But on my other TV screen was the Badgers game, and the Badgers basketball team lost to Creighton tonight. So a terrible sporting night for all parties. Just a womp-womp night. Uh, uh, on a Bucks off night, at least. But let's talk about the Bucks. Um, interesting little back-to-back coming up. Atlanta and Miami. Uh, a lovely tour of the Southeast Division. And a couple of teams that are in very different places. Uh, and fittingly, they played one another tonight. So uh, making it easier, I guess, on the Bucks for scouting purposes because they played each other and then the Bucks get both of them on back-to-back nights. Hawks uh, escaped Miami with a win tonight. May have been a costly one. Uh, Dwight Howard picking up, a, I think, a, a quad contusion, I believe is what they called it. He left the game and did not return. And... I don't know. Dwight's the kind of guy, and this, I'm not saying he's like soft or something, but he's not the kind of guy I feel like if he gets hurt, he comes back the next night on a back to back and plays. And to be honest, I don't feel like it's worth doing that kind of thing. I was just going to say, whether or not like he's that type of guy, like he's one of your best players, there's no need to bring him back yeah. on a back to back. And plus, you've got Mike Muscala, who I don't know. Maybe he's the backup. Se- I think he's the backup center for the Hawks, and he's actually become pretty good. I think. Uh, he's, I mean, he's not available in our fantasy league anymore. He has a PR of twenty-one. He has a sixty-nine percent true shooting mark. So, uh, you know, Mike Muscala and John Henson could be the marquee matchup tonight or tomorrow, uh, or no, tonight technically. Yeah, we'll be publishing this on uh, Wednesday morning. So, uh, so that'll be interesting and. The Hawks are an interesting team, a team that, uh, you know, we're kind of one of those teams that, I don't know, people were struggling to figure out what to make of them. I really didn't know. I don't even remember having 
strong opinions about the Hawks. I don't know if you did. I don't remember us really talking about them much because we talked about the Pacers. We didn't like the Pacers. Uh, there were a lot of teams we were kind of skeptical of, and the Hawks were just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I mean, the Dwight thing was weird, right? But they still have a lot of talent. They still have Bud. Yeah, and I, I guess that's kind of always the big thing is I think with the Hawks, people are always waiting for the moment they're going to fall off because it just doesn't look like it can sustain. Like you trade away Teague and now Schroeder stepping into a bigger role and Schroeder was um, a little questionable at times with his shooting, with his uh, ball security, with just being an NBA point guard uh, there uh, last year with Teague in town. So uh, that was a question mark. Obviously bringing in Dwight Howard's a question mark. And you're wondering whether or not we've seen uh, a trapping aggressive type defense uh, fall apart before when very good defend or good defenders are replaced with not quite as good defenders. And obviously you see Al Horford leave and you wonder, can the Hawks maintain such a, a good defense, which they they had last year uh, with that trapping aggressive style like the Bucks had and this year? they're still second in defensive rating. So uh, the answer is apparently yes, and Coach Bud has has figured something out there in Atlanta. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the, the big impact that Dwight has had probably is, is on the boards. Um, he is uh, helping them. I mean, they were previously, if I remember correctly, I'm just going to look this up real quick, but they were previously a very bad uh, defensive rebounding team this year they're top 10 in both offensive and defensive rebounding especially the offensive rebounding has really spiked um, so it's sort of an interesting situation where uh, you know the Dwight effect has been very real I was looking at some of Dwight's numbers like his PER is the highest it's been in five years you know he's not taking like a ton more shots but uh, he is scoring at a higher rate uh, he's rebounding at a very high rate uh, just seems like kind of closer to what we thought, you know, Dwight would, would normally be. And, you know, I mean, it was kind of funny cause yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's kind of seems like a million years ago, but recall the room, you know, rumors <laughs> of Dwight and, and the box and, you know, people being like violently against it. And I think we were kind of like, Jeremy, <clears throat> Jeremy. <laughs> yes. Our friend, Jeremy Schmidt. But we, I think, I don't know. I feel like we were kind of like, I think at one point I said, I don't want Dwight Howard if for no other reason than I don't want everybody to hate. <laughs> I don't want to have to talk about Correct. how everybody hates the move. Um, and I mean, realistically, like signing Dwight, I think our general point was if you can get Dwight for two or maybe three years, um, you know, that could be, you know, he's he's still a guy that could produce at a very high level over that span. Uh, and for the Bucks, I mean, he would have been doing things that you wanted up center to do namely dunking rebounding defending the rim um but giving him you know four years and um a blank check uh and given his injuries <laughs> no, and things no, like no, that no. would have been kind of scary so i mean i'm not you know this is not to say that i was at all sad when when the bucks did not sign dwight i don't really care that much and i was gonna also um, say but, this is i don't think either of us are shocked that he's playing well like, yeah. like we, we both thought he was probably uh, a little bit and uh, maybe not even a little bit better than he was given credit for um throughout those trade rumors uh at the deadline and then obviously the free agent rumors uh, as the summer went on as well so I, I think both you and i thought that he could be uh 
a player and someone that would help out the Bucks. And obviously we said the the worst thing you could do was sign someone for, I don't know, four years. Um, that wouldn't be the best idea. Um, and obviously with Red Howard, that would not have been good. Uh, but yeah, it, it I don't. I'm not surprised to see him play well. I'm not surprised to see that he's fitting in well in Atlanta. Um, yeah, they're good, uh, which is kind of surprising, uh, just because you see so much uh, throughout the league. So many of the teams that are doing really well right now are the guys that had continuity, had very similar rosters that they brought brought back from last season, and then the Hawks made a ton of changes and look very different. Um, I mean, obviously, some of their main guys, or I shouldn't even say main guys, some of their role players and rotational guys are the same, but at the top of the roster, those top-tier guys kind of moved around quite a bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Teague's obviously been generally poor in, in Indiana, along with a lot of other things happening in Indiana. Um, and I don't know. I mean, Schroeder, I don't think, has been really any different from, you know, really what you would have expected, given the way he was as a backup. I don't, you know, think he's... I think his three-point shooting's probably a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I don't know. I don't like view him as like a, you know, it's not like some fair upgrade even yeah, with yeah, what we've seen so yeah. far. Um, but uh, interesting. So it's, certainly it's a big deal if, if Dwight is indeed out uh, against the box, which, you know, again, I, I, not knowing the, the details here on, on Tuesday night as you record, but I imagine he will not play, um, which, you know, gives the Bucks, I would say, a better chance of winning, despite Mike Muscala's strong early season returns. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see. And again, I think uh, a very good test because I think both of these teams, what we're seeing, are, are both teams that are ranked in the top 10 in defense. The Hawks are also a top 10 offense. The Bucks uh, are ninth, 10th, depending on the uh, pace uh, calculation you use. Uh, they're either the ninth or 10th best defense right now, which I think all of us would have been thrilled if you'd told us that they would be in that conversation. So uh, again, given the lack of you know strong opposition the Bucks have faced so far, it will be interesting to see how they fare over these next couple games. And... Um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the Hawks second fastest pace in the league. Obviously, they have tons of uh, shooters that they can that they can roll out there, uh, bigs and smalls. And so it'll be interesting. We obviously have talked a lot about the Bucks needing to play with pace and shoot threes, and this is a team that certainly likes to do that themselves. And uh, will be interesting to see if the Bucks can uh, can maybe emulate some of the things that the Hawks do well. Um, any other thoughts on the Hawks, or maybe we can just take a quick. Uh, conversation about the heat as well well i was gonna say just thinking about post all-star break Giannis, and i guess kind of when point Giannis started to be a thing and we saw some of the best games from Giannis and jabari were the hawks games last year um i know was that like a 10-day stretch where they had a home and away with the hawks or I, i think it was pretty tight there um and i think that was one of jabari's best games and some of the best stuff he did uh and Giannis had some good ones there as well so uh like you said this is a team that is going to play a style and brand of basketball that you would think the bucks would also like to play uh so that should hopefully lead to a fun game uh tomorrow night and one that you would actually want to watch and kind of see how it is and it should be a good test so that that is one i'm definitely looking forward to yeah interesting miami um you know i'm very i mean they have i think at this point i think they're now two and eight after the loss to they the are. heat or the, to the hawks so they have the mirror image record of the 
of the Hawks, uh, who are eight and two. Granted, the Hawks have played a very home heavy schedule so far so you know they've also maybe had a little bit of a benefit there on the scheduling side but the heat are interesting um you know i have i put the heat and the bucks in that uh you know with the bosch and middleton injuries I, I before the season i put them in that category of not as bad as the nets and sixers but not you know quite in that conversation with that mass of other teams mm-hmm. uh in the east that were kind of in that you know everybody competing for four or five through eight uh, in the playoff picture. So I don't know. I'm not surprised that the Heat are bad. Uh, they're playing right now with obviously Bosch uh, is out and will never play for the Heat again. Uh, Dragic is uh, missed the last couple games with an ankle injury. So I'm not sure what his status will be. Uh, that obviously would, would be another uh, fortuitous thing for the Bucks if they can face uh, uh, an Atlanta team without Dwight and then a Miami team without Dragic on back-to-back nights and, and give them certainly a much better fighting chance of uh, coming away with at least a split of those two games. But it is interesting. Um, I mean, I have to give credit to Hassan Whiteside. He, uh, I feel like we have a number of guys, uh, a lot of the guys who got big contracts and were high-profile signings this summer have not uh, taken their foot off the, the gas. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, maybe the most obvious guy I got paid should be maybe not on the upside of his career arc but he's been phenomenal and Hassan Whiteside a guy who had the biggest pay raise in you know NBA history in percentage terms I think yeah going from being a minimum guy to um you know uh, I think he, he must have been a max guy right um he's got uh, he's putting up big numbers uh he is starting again uh, he came off the bench uh, somewhat famously late uh, last season and He's putting up numbers and, you know, is the obvious guy. He had 19 and, and 25 rebounds against uh, <laughs> the Hawks on Tuesday night, uh, is averaging 18 and almost 15 boards and 2.4 blocks per game. Um, that was Those numbers are, don't include that game, so those numbers will be even bigger on the rebounding side. So he is obviously a guy that will be very interesting to to watch and to see how the Bucks, uh, a team that, you know, has been leading the league in points in the paint, um, last year, and, and I think they're still uh, tops this year. It will be very interesting to see uh, what Whiteside's impact is on the Bucks and their ability to uh, to finish at the rim. And certainly, I guess makes it all the more important that they maybe have a bit more well-rounded game and you know get out in transition for uh, Whiteside can get settled in the paint and also uh, hit some threes in order to to maybe avoid uh, getting bogged down and and uh, letting Miami pack the paint because they are a top ten defense as well. Yeah, and. I, it's just interesting to see Whiteside again uh, because it's another, I guess, big guy that's a, a good test for this Bucks roster. And you look at, you have the Grizzlies, so Marcus Saul. You have New Orleans twice, so Anthony Davis twice there. You've had Sacramento, so you have Boogie Cousins. You had Detroit, so you had Andre Drummond. And early in this season, you're seeing a number of very good centers. Um, and if Atlanta would have had Dwight Howard healthy, it would have been another good one. So you're looking at, I, I know they say the center position is getting better and maybe it was a little bit dead for a little while, but those were some serious centers the Bucks saw. And I, I do think obviously one thing that hangs over this whole season is that three man big rotation and who's playing well and how it works. And these games have all been very interesting uh, to see who they're going to play, um, who's going to get their shot against which guys and kind of see all of that. So yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting once again with 
seen the heat i don't know who the best matchup on Whiteside is one i don't know if there is a good matchup because i feel like he's going to get numbers no matter what but at the same time is that a game where you feature Plumley and henson more heavily and monroe not as much or are those two just not going to be good enough that you have to go to monroe uh so it's it's going to be interesting but man looking at that heat roster just makes me sad um <laughs> if you have Dragic out uh, tyler johnson justice winslow deanna waiters josh richardson like those like there's some guys i like in there like justice winslow is a lot of fun and josh Rich- richardson was probably a little bit more fun than people wanted and ugh. but then Deion Deion waiters and all the money you gave tyler johnson and there's just a lot of yuck on that roster well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I'd say Dion Waiters is yuck to me. Um, Agreed. But the you know, certainly some of the young guys. I mean, I'm actually not really that that high on Justice Winslow. I feel like I was a little confused when people kind of went crazy drinking his Kool Aid last year. Uh, I think he can be like a. I think he could be like a phenomenal um, kind of role playing starter ish guy. I mean, he's he's kind Agreed. of interesting because he has he has ball skills. He's a good defender. Um, I just don't know if he's ever going to be kind of offensively skilled enough to be like a you know like a star, which Definitely. Um, I don't know. Felt like people kind of were extrapolating pretty far with him last year, but he's an interesting player for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean Tyler Johnson's a nice player. You know, he's a nice, nice player, but uh, <laughs> not not necessarily a guy that you know you dream of acquiring for seventy plus million dollars. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know what to make of this roster. I mean, this is probably a team, especially given that they traded away a couple of their first-round picks. I want to say, is it like 2019 and 2021 or 18 and 20? Something like Mm -hmm. way out there. Um, This is a team that if they keep losing games, I mean, keep in mind that they have the point differential of a team with, I think, four wins right now, and they have two. So they haven't been as bad as their record suggests, but... Maybe that's not a bad thing because, I mean, what is this team's ambition as currently constructed? Not much. And given that they're not going to have some picks moving forward, this may be a year where, you know, if you're crap and you have a top five pick, that might be the best case scenario for this Heat team. During the offseason, I feel like a lot of people said if if you're looking for teams that might stealthily tank this season, a, a lot of people said Pat Riley's probably crazy enough to do it like he he's a guy that isn't necessarily the most loyal to players um i guess you could say where he, he's more of a ruthless businessman and he's gonna do what he needs to do to make a team good and uh create a, a strong future for his roster and yeah i could i could see if this continues to hold over i don't know another 10-ish games and you get to 20 games and you've only won like six or something like that like maybe maybe pat riley starts to think that that's a good idea and maybe uh i I don't know if there's much meat you can cut off of uh that roster um but you trade Dragic. i mean that's the that's the tank move right you you cash in Dragic to somebody while he still has value um and i mean i would do that i mean what do you what illusion you know what illusion do you have i mean I guess the thing is, I mean, the thing you always hear when people argue against it is that people say, well, Pat Riley has always been able to sign free agents. He doesn't want to build through the draft, so he's going to try to just sign free agents. So it's like, well, okay, but I mean, are you attracting an an A-list free agent because of Goran Dragic? Um, 
you know, if you win 30 games with Goran Dragic, are you going to haul in uh, a, a star player in free agency versus if you win 20 games without Goran Dragic and get some assets for him? Are you, you know, not? I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I I would tend to give Pat Riley a little more credit. I don't think he's naive about the value of Agreed. this year versus versus uh you know but I think that that will be the interesting to watch is is where they do a you know try to do a trade uh for for Dragic um so yeah I think uh so let me ask you this the Heat are are not good obviously I mean they mm-hmm. have some talent but uh, they're not good especially if obviously Dragic isn't there uh the Hawks are good uh, they're less good if uh, if Dwight isn't playing, but uh, they're obviously a team that that is you know the Bucks are are looking up to in the standings and and obviously not as well established. So back to back, give me your arbitrary percentage likelihoods that the Bucks go two and zero, zero and two, and one and one. Oof, um, I would really love if these two games were flipped. Uh getting the heat first would probably like if i i guess i should say like if i could guarantee that dragic and howard sit out and i could get the heat first i would prefer the heat first uh just because i think that's an easier game to win and you might have a little bit better chance there uh just because you'd be well rested they'd be coming off the back to back um Oh man, this is tough. Let's okay. So two and zero. Oh, mm, I'll give a ten percent chance to. I was gonna say like five to ten percent. I'm I am not bullish on on a on a back to back win. Okay, so let's go one and one. Um, I feel goodish that they'll get one of these. I'm not sure which one. I'll go like fifty five percent on that. Okay, and then. Owen two then if uh, so I guess do I have to add those all up so 55 10 65 so 30 percent left somewhere around there so 35 yeah. percent okay. that they go Owen two yeah I I would say I am I, I am less optimistic um I mean not like massively but I think there's a higher likelihood that they they could go Owen two I just don't trust them on the road at this Which point is super uh, smart yeah <laughs> i mean they're they're one and two on the road they're a young team we haven't really seen them on the road much i i actually i think it's interesting i don't know if i'd want the heat first because you know this is a young team i mean i i don't really trust them to handle rest in a way that is productive necessarily That's like fair. it's early in the season i don't think anybody's fatigued they're not hurt you know nobody's really dinged up and you know we saw with that pelicans game they had three or four days off and came out and you know lost to a team that that they probably should have beat and you know didn't seem to really come out with any type of um you know better play for for having the days off so i I think this is kind of like one of those weird things where they could get you know handily beaten on wednesday night and then come back the very next night with a little bit of like okay (laughs) yeah we need to get our get our shit together here and uh and maybe then win the second one i think that's um Certainly, I would say that's a much more likely outcome. Although, I guess, ironically, you could also say, given how young this team is, beating Atlanta in a surprise and then losing the next night oh, is also very much yeah. in play. Um, but, I, I mean, if they were to win back-to-back, it would be hugely impressive, obviously, especially with Golden State coming to town. Um, you know, you you got to try to take wins wherever you can get them. 
Atlanta obviously is not a place you expect to get wins unless things kind of break your way. Um, Miami at this point, I would say, is one of those taking care of business type situations. It's not an easy place to win. But the Bucks have had a lot of success against the Heat in the last few years. I It's kind of funny. When I saw the Heat last year against the Hornets, I remember thinking like, the Hornets should beat these guys. I, I'm, I've seen the Heat so many times play like crap <laughs> against the Bucks, and the Bucks beat them regardless of how bad the Bucks are. The the Bucks should, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think highly of the Heat. So I, I think the Heat are, are yeah, are a team that that uh, the Bucks can definitely and and should at this point if they want to have, you know, feel like they're they're a legit team competing for the playoffs. I mean, that's kind of a game at this point you really want to win. You're not going to win that many road games probably with this group, but um, uh, that would be that would be. My hope. Um, anyway, any other final thoughts on the next couple games? Uh, if, I'm, if- I'm personally just excited that we'll see this Bucks team go up against two teams that, who I think maybe this is with tonight's games. Two teams that are in the top five for defensive rating, um, or and if not top five, top five to ten. Um, they haven't seen a lot of those teams thus far this season. Uh, so getting tested and seeing, uh, seeing what the Bucks have will be nice. Uh, going on the road again will be nice. It's been a home-heavy schedule, and obviously 14 of the first 21 are at home for the Bucks. So seeing how they react on the road once again will be nice. And seeing a team that I think is a playoff team in the Hawks even – even without Dwight, I know uh, that'll be a little bit different, but seeing a, a well-coached playoff-type team um, will be exciting as well. So I think this these next two games are good tests for the Bucks, and I'm excited to see how they fare in those games. Agreed, and certainly would be great to get a little positive momentum heading into uh, a very difficult game uh, against the Warriors. So we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll be back to talk about the Bucks game hopefully tomorrow night, and uh, hopefully we'll hopefully we'll have to once again find other teams to be sad about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, certainly not an easy game against the Hawks. Uh, we promise we won't talk about the Packers or the U.S. Men's National Team or the Badgers. <laughs> Or the Brewers or any other team. So anyway, basketball tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm excited to actually watch a game again. And uh, we'll be back and, and talking about it tomorrow. Thanks, guys.